This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, sometimes we just have to slow down, back up, focus on something that was done or said, perhaps over the weekend, perhaps last week, and challenge it. And I want to start the program that way. Joy Reid has free reign to say some of the most disgusting, outrageous, racist, bigoted things. Because the media today do not monitor themselves. It's really quite incredible. She's America's bigot. She's America's racist, as far as I'm concerned. Now... She was on with uh, Salon last week, which is a radical left Marxist operation in and of itself. And she said something that I want to address for once. Somebody has to address it. It'll be me. Cut 17, go. And to find out that literally Barack Obama's two terms as president are your reparations. And Juneteenth, which you already celebrated anyway, is your reparations. And yet, you built this country. You literally physically built this country. And yet, the attitude toward you from a lot of your peers and your fellow citizens is just shut up and be grateful. And it's, it's, it's infuriating. Okay. Nobody's telling black people or anybody else, shut up and be grateful. I do think all American citizens of all stripes should be grateful. But it's the left that tells everybody to shut up on college campuses, 
in the media, and elsewhere. But I want to get this history state straight about who built America. And this is why I tell you to read The Democrat Party Hates America. I anticipated every single one of their arguments in the lead-up to this election. Every one of them. But we have, in any given week, 14, 15 million listeners, and that doesn't even include the podcast and all the rest, and about four hundred to 500,000 people who've purchased this book in one form or another, so I want to inform as many people as I can. Did capitalism, number one, promote slavery? You hear this all the time, too. And was America built on the exploitation of slaves? Because that's what Joy Reid is saying. Now, this is a frequently repeated narrative of modern-day Marxists. First, of course, slavery is an undeniable fact of American history. But so are the numerous efforts to abolish it. Every northern state passed laws to abolish slavery in the first two decades after the Revolutionary War, either immediately or soon thereafter. In 1800, Congress passed the act prohibiting the importation of slaves, which took effect in 1808. Of course, slavery when parts of the United States persisted. And by the time of the Civil War, the overwhelming number of slaves were held in the agrarian South. But most white Southern families did not have slaves. They were too poor to own slaves. Less than 25% of the South was wealthy enough to own slaves. Second, the North did not rely on slavery to build its industrial capacity. The North. Indeed, while factories were built all over the North and South, the vast majority of industrial manufacturing was taking place in the North. The South had almost 25% of the country's free population, but only 10% of the country's capital in 1860. 90% of the country's capital was in the North. The North had five times the number of factories as the South and over 10 times the number of factory workers. In addition, 90% of the nation's skilled workers were in the North. So how could the slaves in the South, when the vast majority of families in the South didn't have slaves, but for the wealthy families, have built the entire country. So by 1860, the North had over 110,000 manufacturing establishments. The South had just 18,000. The North produced 94% of the country's iron, 97% of its coal, and not incidentally, 97% of the country's firearms, all produced in the North. It contained 22,000 miles of railroad to the South's 8,500. The North outperformed the South agriculturally as well. Northerners held 75% of the country farm acreage, produced 60% of its livestock, 67% of its corn, 81% of its wheat. All in all, they held 75% of the nation's total wealth in the North. So I point out the lesson is the exact opposite of what the American Marxist and Democrat Party preach. That is, capitalism and a free people create wealth, prosperity, opportunity, and yes, colorblindness. Indeed, Nobel Prize laureate and economist, the renowned, the late Milton Friedman, profoundly declined, excuse me, declared 
The great virtue of a free market system is that it does not care what color people are. It does not care what the religion is. It only cares whether they can produce something you want to buy. It is the most effective system we have, we have discovered, to enable people who hate one another to deal with one another and help one another. I've often given the example, it's in uh, Liberty and Tyranny. If you go to a restaurant for eggs, a diner or something like that, no matter where you are in the country, you get some eggs, you get some potatoes, some toast, some bacon, whatever. You don't have the foggiest idea who produced it, let alone what the race is and the religion is, and you don't give a damn. You could care less. That's Milton Friedman's point. Obviously, slavery is unacceptable. It's unconscionable. There's no excusing it. But capitalism didn't drive slavery. Slavery has existed and exists today throughout the world and in non-capitalist societies. As Peter W. Wood, president of the National Association of Scholars, explains, slavery was not an American invention or a European one. It has existed in human societies for thousands of years. In North and East Africa, slave capture and trading were pursued on an enormous scale by Arabs. When Europeans encountered native kingdoms on Africa's Atlantic coast in the 15th century, they discovered slavery as a deeply embedded practice. That the Portuguese and the Spanish focused, uh, excuse me, fostered this practice by creating a market for African slaves in the New World is among the great tragedies of human history. Other European powers eventually joined in perpetuating that tragedy. Perhaps someone should inform Hannah Jones, that is, Nicole Hannah Jones, and other American Marxists that the greatest slave states that exist today do so under the banner of Marxism. And what of post-Civil War America? Again, the accusation is that capitalism and American economic growth had been nurtured by racial discrimination and racial inequality. That is, capitalism intersected, quote-unquote, with slavery and racism. This, I call this, by the way, civil rights Marxism. A term that I've coined. It is argued that racial capitalism is based on the theft, exclusion, and exploitation of people of color for the economic benefit of white people. In short, white supremacy is what undergirds America's economic system and its history. Hmm. Let's see, I skip ahead here. And then they lie about why they think that's the case. And that, of course, is part of the problem. The lesson is the exact opposite. Bear with me. Looking for a place marked, and I have one eye closed. Here we are. Coleman Hughes, great guy, caught Ibrahim Kendi, Mr. CRT, in several questionable assertions and even big whoppers when Kendi made similar claims about white privilege and capitalism. Hughes explained as follows, Kendi correctly notes that blacks are more likely than whites to die of prostate cancer and breast cancer, but does not include the fact that blacks are less likely than whites to die of esophageal cancer, lung cancer, skin cancer, and ovarian cancer, bladder cancer, brain cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and leukemia. Of course, it should not be a, comp- a competition over which race is more likely to die of which disease, but that's precisely the point. By selectively citing data that shows blacks suffering more than whites, 
Kennedy turns what should be a unifying race-neutral battleground, namely humanity's fight against deadly diseases into yet another proxy battle in his war about racism. Hughes further notes that when Kennedy asserts that, quote, black unemployment rate has been at least twice as high as the white unemployment rate for the last 50 years because of the conjoined twins of racism and capitalism, why limit the analysis to the past 50 years? Hughes cites a Pew Research article that shows the black-white unemployment gap was small or non-existent before 1940, when America was arguably more capitalist and certainly more racist. Moreover, Alan Barub of the Liberal Brookings Institute examined recent census information and found that although there is an income gap between whites and blacks, he writes from 2013 to 2018, most major metropolitan areas registered and estimated increases in black and median house income that exceeded those for white households. As an example, in Phoenix, the typical black household's income rose 29% from just under 40000 to more than 51000 a year, compared to 12% increase for the typical white household family, from sixty-three grand to seventy-one grand. Across the 20 metropolitan areas with the largest black populations, where sample sizes are larger, 15 registered a larger estimated rise in median black income than median white income. So he says there's a gap. But black income is growing significantly faster than white income. Now, why am I doing this? To push against civil rights, Marxism, and the joy reads of the world. Because if I don't do this, it's not going to get done anywhere. And there's more. Although the Bureau of the Census on household income, that is household income inequality, showed that in 2017, the bottom 20% of households had an average income of 13,258. Other data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that these same households spent 26,000, twice as much as they had on consumption, two times more than their income. Households in the second 20% income group spent 11% more than their census income. The census also reports that the top 20% of households had average income of 220000 but spent 116000 So what is this? Welfare. Food stamps, subsidies of all kinds, and not just for minorities, for all people in that income. So income in itself, is his point, doesn't explain What's taking place in society? Income by itself does not explain what's taking place in society when you have this massive, massive redistribution of wealth taking place. He says, looked another way, a comprehensive study conducted by Just Facts concluded that after accounting for all income, I got it, all income, charity, and non-cash welfare benefits like subsidized housing and food stamps, the poorest 20% of Americans consume more goods and services than the national averages for all poor people in the most affluent countries. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's $276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals, 
while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. Welcome back. So in that simple page and a half, and the Democrat Party hates America, and it has the end notes where you can go research everything I've said, but they're accurate. I've looked at the stats. And that's how I came up with those numbers. You now know that Americans built America. Now, it's too bad Joy Reid doesn't go on Salon, Marxist to Marxist, and talk about modern-day slavery on the southern border as a result of Democrat Party and Biden policies. And I notice she ignores that all the time. We have slavery going on in this country today as a result of our immigration policies. When they say, oh, women are sold into sex slavery, and then they move on quickly. Don't move on quickly. Women are being enslaved. Children are being sold into the sex industry. Child pornography. I thought everybody opposed that. Okay, that's slavery. You people are roaming around in our streets who any money they make or steal, that money or a significant part of it has to go back to the drug cartels. These people are enslaved. This is going on. This is spreading. The Democrats pretend they had a bill to fix it. I'm not going to pretend with them. I'm not going to join them. Joe Biden issued 94 executive orders affecting the southern border and the northern border, actually, within a few days of coming into office and thereafter. He did this by dictatorial fiat. And then he claims he can't fix it. It's amazing. About 10, 15 years ago, we were told this nation was built by immigrants. We're told it was built by slaves. The constant effort to balkanize and factionalize our population is really revolting in order to create this, this radicalized extreme ideology and push for revolution. No, America was built by Americans of all backgrounds and faiths. I'll be right back. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners diversify in precious metals while you still can. 
And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. This is the show the New York Times is afraid of. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. I want to warn uh, our conservative friends, especially in the House. You know, the great conservatives in modern history... They were successful because they had conservative ideas, conservative policies, conservative proposals. That's why Reagan won two massive landslides. That's why conservatives win. That's why Ron DeSantis has won his massive landslide and changed the entire political landscape in the state of Florida. And I'm just being honest, ladies and gentlemen. I've been a conservative longer than most of these people in the House of Representatives. Some of them, many of them, come up to me and say they're conservative as a result of listening to this show and reading Liberty and Tyranny. But I think to myself, did they learn anything? Let me ask you this in your own life. When you identify a problem, do you just keep whining about it to your spouse, to your kids? Just issuing press releases or something, telling the world how brilliant you are because you oppose this side or the other? Don't you need a forward-moving agenda? Well, Mark, what are you talking about? I wrote two books on a forward-moving agenda. The Liberty Amendments and Plunder and Deceit. Even look at Liberty and Tyranny, the very last chapter. Every proposal that's in there. Everyone, look at them. So what is it that these conservatives plan to do to address what's taking place? What is it? I don't disagree at all that if the government needs to be shut down, it needs to be shut down. The spending is totally out of control. You secure the border and so forth and so on. But whenever I put the question to some of our so-called leaders in this conservative group, but what are you going to do about it? Nothing. I said, you had Speaker McCarthy, you have Speaker Johnson. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, you've got all these rhinos and you got the Democrats, so what are you going to do? You can't just sit still to the next election. It's not going to happen. In fact, what you're going to do is get us something worse. You're going to force these rhinos to vote with the Democrats, pass something we hate, go to Joe Biden. He's going to sign it, declare victory. The border will be open. The spending will be worse than ever before. So what are you going to do? We know it's bad. We know it's wrong. We know we're going broke. We know the border's open. We know all of it. 
So what are you going to do? The answer is they can't do a hell of a lot. They can't do a hell of a lot because the numbers don't add up. That's why when, when you had some talk show hosts in this business, many of whom are not serious people, many of whom are, but many of them aren't, who just keep burping up what you, they think you want to hear, whether it's about McCarthy or Johnson or this or that, I stand and say, what the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? They don't have any ideas either. When many of these guys write their books or have a ghostwriter write their books, they write about themselves. It seems to me if you're going to get behind a microphone with an audience of patriots who show up to watch you or listen to you, you got to have some ideas. Reagan won on ideas. Had a whole tax center proposals, foreign policy proposals. And I don't mean white papers. How about just three or five ideas that are actually doable? Ron DeSantis has an arm-long list of ideas. Donald Trump has ideas. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deport this. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to set this wall here. This is what I'm going to do. He goes on and on and on about it. But for the life of me, I'm waiting for the list of Freedom Caucus proposals that have a shot at passing in the House of Representatives. Mr. Producer, have you seen this list? There is no list. They don't have a list. The Freedom Caucus. If they do, let's see it so I can read it to the whole world. And let's go through it. So you've got to... If you want to be... You know, president or chairman of some organization that pushes their agenda, that's one thing. If you want to be your typical... TV and radio host. I don't count myself among them, but of course I'm doing the counting. Then do that. But if you're running for Congress to be, quote unquote, a lawmaker, so what laws exactly are you going to support? You know, the funny thing is McCarthy and Byron Donalds and Chip Roy and a few others, they put together this plan to secure the border and to reduce spending more they really any time of modern times, and the answer to that was to throw McCarthy in. Okay, now they're talking about throwing Johnson in. It's not going to matter. If this same group doesn't have any way to advance an agenda and doesn't even tell us what their agenda is. So what's the plan, boys? What's the plan, girls? We're all waiting for it. They don't have one. And that's why I fear 
I hope this is wrong, and I'm not predicting, but that's why I fear they're going to have a much tougher time holding on to the House than we may think. It could be a terrible surprise for some or just ugly event for most of us. We lost that special election in New York. Shouldn't have lost that. Wisconsin, the governor just signed today a new rewrite of their legislative districts to blow out the Republicans and create a Democrat majority. The Supreme Court of Wisconsin has a new radical Democrat, one who was elected, because the Democrats elect these people to the Supreme Court and they're ignored in places like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and so forth. And yet they're so political, these courts, you've got you've to have candidates, you've got to win that. And she's already made it abundantly clear and actually ran on the agenda that uh, they're going to change these congressional districts in Wisconsin. Wait a minute, don't you do that every 10 years? You're supposed to, but who's going to stop them? And so we're going to lose seats that way. The leftists in the highest court in New York have already made clear that they're going to kill from two to four Republican seats. So we're already behind the curve. We're already behind. And so what are these Republicans going to run on? I stopped Mike Johnson. I got rid of Speaker McCart. What are they going to run on? Smaller government? As the government gets bigger while they're there, bigger and bigger and bigger? I'm sorry. I cut to the chase, folks. I'm not going to allow politicians to spin us, no matter who they claim to be. I'm not going to allow it. Now, let's look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden says everything or nothing. Either I get $116 billion, or Israel doesn't get a dime. But look at Ukraine. Everybody's in line behind the Putinoids except a handful of us. And now the rubber has hit the road. Ukraine is withdrawing from key areas of its own country or to push back the Russians at enormous cost to the Ukrainians and the Russians. You know why? They're running out of ammunition. The Russians see it. They have an industrial center, a military center. The Ukraine, Ukraine's a small country. It's not a massive economy. It doesn't have a munitions industry to speak of. That's why it has to go begging. It was part of the old Soviet Union. It gave up its nukes, which would have really been their defense. In a 1994 agreement that I first explained to you, in a memorandum signed by the United States, Britain, and Russia, give us our nukes, and we will not invade you. Well, of course, they have invaded them. And our response seems to be no money for Ukraine. It's like defund the police. You're right if you argue that this money hasn't been carefully watched over here in the United States. And you're right if you argue it was incompetently handled under Biden and so forth. This isn't a defense of Biden. Biden is a disgrace and a disaster. He's helped cause this reaction. But the vast majority of the money, as I've explained before, actually doesn't leave the United States. About 10% does. 90% tends to stay here. It goes to our companies. 
pays his salaries up our blue collar workers, builds American munitions, which we send overseas. Because these countries don't have the capacity to build munitions. Russia's getting support from Iran, China, and the UK. Excuse me. Iran, China, and uh, what is it? Iran, China, and uh, North Korea. And Ukraine has its hat out begging, begging, begging. This is reality now. It's not a theory. The Russians are hitting five different positions. They see what's going on. They know the West is weak. They know the West does not have resolve. And that's partly due, of course, to the radicals in our country, the Democrats, the buffoon in the White House, but also to about a third of the Republican Party. And about half the conservatives. Forever wars. You know, the funny thing is, the enemy isn't worried about forever wars. And I don't know how Ukraine could be a forever war when it hasn't been going on forever. They were invaded. I think this has been going on two or three years. I think back to the Revolutionary War. We could not have won at Yorktown and hence won the Revolutionary War without the French and the French Navy. And that war went on for eight long years, a forever war. Without the French, we would have lost. Battle of Yorktown. The French sent its armada to protect our, our back against the British fleet. And they also unleashed hellfire on the British forces. In the end, this is how we won the Revolutionary War. France, as it turns out, as a result of helping us, its economy tanked. Its economy tanked. So there you are, the two most powerful nations on the face of the earth, the two most powerful militaries on the face of the earth. And we sit here, and we think nothing will happen if they roll over Ukraine, and there they are, Ukraine. Look at the West. Look, look at a map. Who's on the western border of Ukraine? Why are the Poles pouring every damn bullet they have into Ukraine? Why are the Romanians doing the same thing? Why are the Balkan countries screaming at the top of their lungs? Because they know what's next, because Putin told them what's next. And here's the problem. What will these Putinites say, or what will the pacifist isolationists say when Russia moves into one of these countries? Because it will. They'll say the same thing they said when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor. Oops, we're sorry we made a mistake. That's what Charles Lindbergh did. He headed the America First isolationists. France was taken. He said, we can't help France. Britain was half taken, losing. He said, look, we can't help Britain. They're all gone. We should just mind our own business. They'll do what they do in Europe, and that's the end of it. But they don't do what they do in Europe, and they don't do what they do in Southeast Asia. They attack. And they attacked us. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. Democrat Party is destroying the country, and they know it. They know it. The border is wide open because they want it open. Inflation is rampant, and it's going to get worse because they want inflation. They want you on your backs. They want you begging government for more. The things that are going on in this country are not as a result of Mother Nature or climate change, the result of the Democrats. And that the Praetorian Guard, as are their media, for a man in the Oval Office, obviously should not be in the Oval Office for multiple reasons. Number one, he is a serial criminal. That's what the Herb Report said. Violation after violation after violation of the Espionage Act. And yet, but for his infirmities and his imbecility, they claim they might have charged him, which is not the job of a prosecutor to figure out what a jury will do. It's the job of a prosecutor, as our buddy, former Judge Gomert, told me, to determine whether there's probable cause to bring charges. And that, there's no question. And now, of course, Biden's complaining that his imbecility was brought up. And yet, without his imbecility, Biden will be facing a phalanx of felony charges, presumably. But, Mark, you can't indict a sitting president. That's been our position, but they're blowing up every tradition that we have in this country. And if you're, you know, Jack Smith, you bring the indictment and let it settle out later. So we, the American people, are hurting from all this. All of us. There's a lot more I want to get to when we return. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. America, Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
You know, uh, James Clyburn is a nasty old man. So he's on uh, CBS News, Deface the Nation. These Sunday shows are horrific. They bring in Liz Cheney. They bring in James Clyburn. Uh, you know, they bring in, uh, who else here? Let's see. You know, they just bring in the worst of the worst. So if you watch them, you're going to ruin your Sunday. And please understand their ratings are very poor. Very, very poor. Now, I just want to mention Clyburn's one example of uh, what took place on Deface the Nation. But the moderator there was, at least for part of it, was Robert Costa. Robert Costa has sort of been a journeyman. Believe it or not, he started a National Review. Eventually, he wound up at the New York Times and PBS, and now he's big-time CBS. And you can see how this works on people. You've got somebody like this at CNN. You've got, obviously, Scarborough and people like that at MSNBC. They just decide there's more money on the dark side. There's more adulation. And better to uh, join them than fight them. Robert Costa really has a low IQ. Uh, He's a relatively dumb person. Uh, He's not done anything really prominent or profound other than fits right in. Fits right in. And during the course of his program, he did something that was so preposterous that even over at Mediocreite, they had to take notice. Our man Colby, the Colpster. And how do I know this? Because somebody sent it to me. That's how I know. And what uh, Mediaite points out is that their friends at CBS, and their friends at CBS, went to Media Matters, that website, the Soros website, that's run by a homophobe, an anti-Semite, racist bigot. Yeah, that guy. That Robert Costa is so dumb and so lazy that he took the headlines from Media Matters, and this is part of the problem with the media generally. They use Media Matters. Even though they don't have to, they're radical kooks on their own. And he does a montage of them, these attacks on poor Joe Biden and his age. I don't attack Joe Biden's age, I attack his senility. And I don't attack it to make fun of it or to exploit it. I attack it because country first. And we cannot have an imbecile in the Oval Office, and he's an imbecile. The 25th Amendment was put there to deal with imbeciles, among other things, and it is a dead letter when Democrats run the White House and get what they want. Impeachment was put there to remove such a president. You even have clowns, Republicans. Handful, but of course they're the ones that get the attention telling you that impeachable offenses aren't impeachable offenses, which is, by the way, why I took almost 20 minutes in my opening on Sunday's Life, Liberty, and Levin to explain 
to explain what impeachment actually is, as I've done on radio a few times with you folks. So Costa uses all these headlines that he gets from Media Matters. Now, he's not fired for it on this Sunday show. And, you know, the CBS Sunday morning show is an attractive show. People like it. It usually ends with, you know, like a photo of nature with guppies swimming in the river or something like that. You know, ooh, that's so nice. And nice sounds of birds chirping. I suggest you go in your backyard. You'll hear all that anyway. So this guy pushes the, the narrative of the White House and the Democrat Party. Now, I want you to think about this, America. I really do. You see Joe Biden. He confused Ukraine with NATO within the last 24 hours. He's confused, obviously, the president of Mexico and twisted it with the president of Egypt. We see how he speaks. We don't need to be told. We don't need to be told that everything's fine, that he's clear thinker, that he's focused like this or that. We know he leaves Washington for his Wilmington home or to stay at some billionaire's home 40% of the time. He's president of the United States. We know he won't hold press conferences because despite their propaganda, they could prove that he's, he's got his wits, but they won't hold press conferences. They treat him, as I've said before, as a veal calf in a cage. And now they're trying to show that Donald Trump is no different. I just want you to think about the extent to which we are lied to. I want you to think about the extent to which and the extensiveness of it that the so-called American media does this sort of thing. It's really quite sickening. And they are back into creating these phony news stories. We've got one news story. Uh, I think it was AP, but they're all, all like to me anymore. Well, they did a story on how the judges in Washington, D.C. are pushing back against the conspiracy theories. Number one, why is that a news story? Number two, why are the judges pushing back against conspiracy theories? They're judges. They're supposed to judge on the facts and the law in front of them involving the person in front of them. And they cite Royce Lamberth, among others. That's okay. That's a news story. The news story should be judges seem to think that in addition to playing it straight with the facts and the law at the trial level, that they are uh, basically opinion makers on CNN and MSNBC. And the media thinks that's cool. That's great. And so that was a news story today, a top news story. That the judges in Washington, D.C. are pushing back on the conspiracy theories. The real news story should be, also in that regard, is that the use of the Enron obstruction statute against hundreds and hundreds of American citizens, used in a way that has never been used before, not since that, that act was adopted, is on thin ice... When it got to the circuit court on appeal, 
one of those panels, one of the judges was very skeptical. Judge Pond, remember her, the radical Marxist whose husband tried to destroy uh, Kavanaugh? She wrote the, the view of the opinion there. It was great, you know, what the hell, perfect, you know, that's what it was meant for. Of course it wasn't. Now that case is in front of the Supreme Court. That should have been the issue. That is, that these judges are using a law, they're taking license, if you will, with the law and their positions to throw people in prison. And we're not talking about the violent people. You don't need uh, the, the Enron Act to deal with violence. No, it's all the other people. So the lecture should be made to Judge Lamberth and to judges on the district court. What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? If somebody attacked the cop, throw the book at him. If somebody broke into the Capitol, throw the book at them. Somebody's wandering through the Capitol because they don't know what the hell they're doing, and then they wander out. Why would you throw the book at them? We have this done to committees of Congress and so forth, but why would you do that? And why would you throw the book at people that never even entered the Capitol building? And now the U.S. attorney says he's going to throw the book at them. Why wouldn't he? Because he's got all these judges who act like Putin judges giving lectures and more than happy to do exactly that. Big problem. Look at the judge in the civil case involving the attorney general in New York. That judge right out of the box should have said, Madam Attorney General, you must not and may not come into this court given the way you campaigned. You cannot participate in this case. Then on the papers, he should have, if not dismissed, given summary judgment to Trump. Instead, he gives summary judgment to the state. There's no trial. He's ruled on the, he's ruled on the papers. And then he says, we're going to have a hearing on damages. So that entire hearing is on damages. Trump never even entered the courtroom to deal with a trial of any sort, no jury of any sort, a consumer fraud statute. Nobody was defrauded. And by the way, I saw a guest on TV, and she said, but we don't want people conducting themselves this way. We really don't. Isn't that a problem in and of itself? And I thought to myself, you've never moved your sorry ass out of Washington, D.C. You don't know anything about developers developing you don't know anything about assessing values of property, about the negotiations. You can ask any assessor, whether they work for a county, a city, whether they're in the private sector trying to assess property. It's not a science. They do the best they can. They do the best they can. But a lot of times you'll get three assessors with three different conclusions. But there wasn't a complainant in this case. It was the attorney general, the same attorney general that's going after the NRA. That attorney general, same attorney general who picks political opponents to try and destroy, like Cuomo. Cuomo's a reprobate, we all know that. But besides being a reprobate, she targeted him because he was a political enemy. Now, even though he's a reprobate, you don't target reprobates. You don't target your political enemies. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. 
no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. There is a liberal, yes, there is one, who wrote a bit ago in Vox, which is a left-wing site, about this case brought by Alvin Bragg. You know, we go from one clown show to the next, the civil case, then the Alvin Bragg case, and the Georgia case, and the January 6th case, and the documents case. And this liberal says, look, I don't like Trump. I don't like him at all. But the Manhattan DA's probe is politicized. It started as a fishing expedition. And uh, he says, in some ways, uh, he says, the business record charges. What am I looking for here? Just bear with me as I close my left eye. He says, Bragg has charged these business records offenses. Here's the bottom line. I just wanted to point out that anybody, even a liberal, who really looks at this ought to come up with the same conclusion. It's complicated only because Bragg makes it complicated. It's sort of a Rube Goldberg's type process here. So you have state laws about reporting your spending and business activities. What you're required to and what you're not required to, what categories you put them in and so forth. It's, 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 these are matters that are not really considered a big deal. And if they decide to enforce something, uh, it's considered a misdemeanor, like jaywalking. It's the truth. People aren't prosecuted. They're not, you know, it's not a big rigmarole. So Cyrus Vance, the former left-wing Cook district attorney in Manhattan, he retires, and he's replaced by the Marxist Cook Bragg. Now, the U.S. attorney looks at this case, and they turn it down, too, even though they're Bidenites. So the U.S. attorney and the DA's office turn it down. So what happened? Bragg brings in two left-wing Trump haters, from a major law firm in New York who take a leave of absence in order to get Trump. And they come up with a cockamamie argument that's been used before in many ways and that failed. Except the difference is it won't be a jury in North Carolina like it was in John Edwards' case. It'll be a jury of Joe Biden's peers and Al Bragg's peers and left-wing peers in Manhattan. So what they're trying to say, this hush money case, it's a non-disclosure agreement case where monies were paid from the company. That's the allegation. And monies were paid from the company on these non-disclosure agreements, which is pretty typical of a non-disclosure agreement, but nonetheless. And so they say, Bragg says, now the purpose of that 
was twofold. To conceal these relations with these two women that Trump had, that's number one. And number two, in concealing it, he committed a misdemeanor in New York because they didn't put the money in the right category. And by doing that, he really tried to violate federal campaign law, the federal election code, because by trying to cover up the relationships that he had with these two women, he not only committed misdemeanors in New York, but he's committed felonies at the federal level. What are you talking about? What does this have to do with any? Well, because you see, by covering up with these non-disclosure agreements, which are signed 1,000 a day, maybe 10,000 a day around the country, he wanted to have positive press. So basically, it was an illegal, listen to this, illegal federal corporate contribution through the state reporting process to conceal his violation of federal law because this money was really used to influence the federal election. Are you able to follow this, Mr. Producer? Hope so. So anybody who's serious says, this is as cockamamie as it gets. Oh, I'm not done. Now, there's a law, apparently, in New York, which is a legal hellhole, as it turns out, that says if you commit a misdemeanor for the purpose of concealing a greater crime, like a felony, then that misdemeanor becomes a felony. So they take an application of state law to federal law, federal law that doesn't give them what they want, nonetheless, and they say, okay, now he's committed state felonies and federal felonies, and so he's charged with 34 felonies in non-disclosure agreement cases. 34 felonies. Any of which they'll be able to convict him on in a jury in New York, perhaps, for which he'd be facing prison time. Now, more on this when I return. We'll be right back. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. He's driving the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. Let me ask you folks a question. I try to convey as much about history as I can to you, most especially American history. 
I've discussed at some length the lead-up to World War II, how we were ill-prepared, both in terms of military preparedness and a nation psychologically. We were caught flat-footed, but we were caught flat-footed because we wanted to be caught flat-footed. All the signs were out there, all the signals were out there. I mean, Hitler's tanks were moving. His jets, his planes, I should say, initially, they were moving. Japan was on the move. Italy was on the move. There were voices out there warning about it. They're mostly dismissed. There are famous people. Hollywood people. Charles Lindbergh. Very convincing. It's not our problem. We already fought a world war. World War I. It didn't work. Okay, France is gone. It's not our problem. We can't fix it anyway. Okay, Britain's under attack. They're going to lose. He says, our entrance into World War II isn't going to fix a damn thing. So why bother? And if we provide them with support, that's what he said. And he wasn't alone, not even the slightest. That'll be a provocation. Plus, we have our own problems here. America was still in the sort of the outskirts of the Depression. People were still trying to, to gain their, you know, their finances back to steady their footing. And so there are many similarities. Jack Keane explained them on Saturday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, but you know them too. Iran, Russia, China, and North Korea. They're working closely with each other. They're supporting each other. Folks, it's not hard to find people who once served in the military, people who once served in Congress, people in the media, who, in my view, are horribly misleading you. And I am worried. I'm worried these enemies are getting more and more powerful. As I said earlier, China is leading us, as General Keane pointed out, in every single area, except for nuclear submarines. And even there, as Congressman Walt said, half of our submarines are in port, needing repairs and upgrades. And our military budget when you take inflation into consideration, is shrinking. We just canceled a whole bunch of F-35 stealth fighter jets. That's supposed to be our frontline jet now. We're not canceling spending programs. We're not canceling electric vehicle subsidies. We're not canceling billions of dollars that go to left-wing, non-governmental, phony organizations. The redistribution of wealth is going on and on and on. That's still taking place. But I am deeply concerned, and I'll put my marker out there because it's not about me. I don't care. Not about me in this regard. I care about our country. You're being horribly misled about Putin, about China's threat, about North Korea that now has nukes about Iran that we're funding 
One day they're going to have a break-in. It's going to be announced they have nukes, and there's not a damn thing we can do about it. Nothing. And why wouldn't they give terrorists nukes to use? So our strength will be challenged. Our strength will be neutralized in many regards. Even with the information that leaked out about Putin working towards putting nukes in space to destroy our satellites, the conspiracy nuts are already out. This is to get funding for Ukraine. Funding for Ukraine. So now Putin trying to put nukes in space to take us out is about Ukraine? Seriously? No, it's not about Ukraine. It's about Russia. Russia's never lost its subjective, its focus. And that's why the Ukrainian people are so damn brave. It's why the Taiwanese are going to have to be brave. It's why the Israelis are so brave. I had one prominent conservative on this program. Rich will remember this. He wanted to come on the program to debate Ukraine. And he was quietly trying to back out. I said, no, let's debate Ukraine. Some time ago. And he ended up pretty much agreeing with me. Because, look, when you speak at CPAC or one of these events where thousands of young conservatives are gathered, they don't want to hear about this. America first is about America, you know. It's not about allies and alliances. It's not about the threats that Russia proposes or Communist China proposes. So I I just ask you this. Why is China doing what it's doing? It's building up a military almost second to none to take Taiwan? Seriously? Is that why it's, it's built hypersonic missiles? Is that why it's going to put nuclear warheads on their hypersonic missiles? No, it's to evade our defense systems, which are minimal to begin with. Why is Putin looking to put nukes in space? It's to evade whatever defense systems we have and to get a jump ahead of us. We are not spending money on technological advances for our military. Putin, as poor as that country is, it is a military fascist state. That's what it is. He pours his money into into military technology. Not into brand new tanks. No. Not into brand new rifles. No. In the military technology, because he knows the only way that he can compete with us is to have the next best thing. And his next best thing is, nuke, is to have uh, nukes in space. And once he's able to jump that, it's relatively inexpensive. And they know how to get the space. We've been sharing the uh, space station with them now for decades. They know how to put rockets up there successfully. China has actually put killer satellites in space. What's all this space stuff? Because if they can knock out our GPS system and other systems, we're blind. We're blind as a country. Our entire economy collapses. And, of course, our military can't see. Because we now rely mostly 
on space-based technology, not simple radar systems. And of course, what isn't said is they can take out our entire electrical grid. We were the first to really get into this at some length on radio and on television. So I, I don't understand this attitude or this thinking or these arguments that seem to suggest, you know, we're protected by two oceans. We're not protected by two oceans. Not anymore. And you know what's funny? Look at Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States. And one of the things he ran against was the Barbary pirates who were enslaving the, uh, the sailors who were navigating waters North Africa, also in the Middle East, bringing us, you know, our goods, bringing goods here, and they were enslaving them. And by the way, for Joy Reid, that would be mostly black slavers enslaving mostly white sailors. But that's for her, just for her. And so John Adams tried to pay them off. Jefferson was appalled. John Adams tried to pay him off, and it didn't work. So Jefferson took the Navy that we had, sent it halfway across the world, and destroyed most of their ships. And then started to bombard and send sailors actually into Somalia, places like that, modern-day names. And they surrendered, and they stopped. And they stopped. Tell me, what kind of an evil genocidal maniac has ever decided, you know, we have enough land, we have enough resources, we've killed enough people, we've done enough, I'm stopping here at the border of Ukraine, western Ukraine, we'll just take Ukraine and we'll stop right here. None. None. Communist China took Hong Kong. Now they want to take Taiwan. People rationalize, well, you know, it originally belonged to, actually it didn't, but that doesn't matter. Now they're taking Philippine Islands, making claims on them. They're taking islands, they're trying to, from Japan. They're taking the navigable waters um, from the uh, Vietnamese, and they're blowing uh, fishing ships out of the water. So they're moving in every direction. Think they're going to stop? What do you think they're building their military for? They're building it for us. So they can blackmail us, so they can threaten us, so they can prevent us from doing anything about it. Why in the world would they control both ends of the Panama Canal? you imagine that? Why would they have a spy agency in Central America? Are you aware of this? Why would they have between 25 and 30 military-style bases in our hemisphere? Why would they have... A military presence in the middle of the Pacific on the Solomon Islands where my great uncle fought. The one deep water port there they now have. For economic purposes, of course. Why would they need a military base, a naval base, on the west coast of Africa? Or maybe because it faces, let's say, America? They're encircling us. It's exactly what they're doing. 
America first. I hate it when people steal labels and then misuse them, whether they're the left or others. No, America pacifism. That's what this is. Oh, you must be a warmonger. Worse yet, a neocon. Wink, wink, wink. I'm not any of those things. But I'm certainly not blind as a bat either. So I'm very concerned. I know the hosts go through the news. Hey, this news. I'm talking to you, one American to another. I want you to think about this. Because time's running out. This is very, very important. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Just so you know, the president, that is Trump's, people reached out to us about five weeks ago and... uh invited me to go to Mar-a-Lago to speak with him for an hour for our Fox show. But uh, a conflict occurred, not on my part or his part, but a conflict occurred. So uh, we're going to move that to another date and another time. Um, but people are wondering why I haven't talked to him on TV. That's why, but that's uh, something that will be resolved later because we will do that. There's no interview like an interview I give. Do you know why, Mr. Producer? Because I let the man speak. That's why. And I'm not playing gotcha. We'll let everybody else do that. It appears that Nikki Haley is on a kamikaze mission. It'll fail. It'll fail. It already has failed. But she's on a kamikaze mission. And I just want to make a prediction, and I don't even make predictions. But I'll make one. That Nixie, Nixie Haley. Yeah, maybe Nixie Haley is a good way to put it. Nikki Haley has destroyed any chance she has at 2028, period. She's saying things now. She's appearing in places. She's doing things that have completely exposed her. She hadn't said a conservative damn thing at all. She's gotten on the Sununu, Christie, Hogan, Trump-hating train. And so that's all she does now. She's the future. She's younger. Uh, Just because she's younger doesn't mean she's the future. You can still be an idiot and be young. Matter of fact, we have tens of millions of examples of that. And the opposite, I might add. And the opposite. 
So age doesn't determine intelligence. And age doesn't determine principles. And age doesn't determine statesmanship, effectiveness, or anything else. It's the person. So she operates in stereotypes. Joe Biden, the problem isn't his age. The problem is he's an idiot. That's the problem. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, A buddy of mine, if he's permitted to do so, brilliant lawyer. Yes, he was a special assistant U.S. attorney for a period of time. He was a law clerk. Many decades ago, we date ourselves to Chief Justice Warren Berger. And we've been talking over this weekend at some length about what avenues may or be available to President Trump uh, respecting this uh, outrageous ruling on his finances. And by the way, as an aside, I was at this, uh, I don't know what we call it. It's not a fair, but whatever it is. Over the weekend, I was in line and there were two liberals in front of me. I haven't even told my wife this. I meant to. And they were so excited about the fact that Donald Trump, one of them said, so Donald Trump's going to have to give a $350 million. That is fantastic. And I thought, how evil are you? And I said to her, what's that all about? You're excited about it? Well, he broke the law. I said, ma'am, you don't even know what the law is. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And you could care less. She turned away. But she's a voter. And they will vote. And I told you, they want Trump hanging from a telephone pole by his foot, like Mussolini. So anyway, we were talking, my friend and I, about certain constitutional theories. You know, folks, it's not enough to just yell out, due process. You got to look at the precedent, which means Supreme Court decisions. 
you got to look at the context of the various provisions that you're thinking about or flirting with. Because worse than bringing no case is bringing a very stupid one. Because then you create precedent against yourself. There have been cases over the years, and I mostly did appellate stuff, where we at Landmark decided not to file an appeal because we felt that the particular circuit court was populated against us, and if we did that, we would create a terrible precedent. So sometimes being smart is not filing an appeal. But in Trump's case, an appeal is more than warranted. And there will be the usual arguments on appeal to the uh, next court in New York. Um, But we're looking at the federal constitution, so I'm hoping that he gets the go-ahead because it's uh, it's really a great piece. I've reviewed it myself. And uh, let's see here. He's telling me... And, and you know, it's interesting. You have to get the go-ahead because the left tries to destroy anybody who, you know, sticks their head up. So that's not good. So uh, anyway, so I just wanted to point that out. I think there's a pretty... Decent argument. Nothing is 100% decent argument in federal court. They can be made. <clears throat> and if he doesn't get the go-ahead, I'll get the go-ahead on my own. I just want to make sure he gets credit where credit is due because that's what I do. Joe Biden has informed the United Nations through his Secretary of State, Trader Blinken, that they will support, in fact, they will push and write a U.N. resolution that attempts to force Israel into a ceasefire. Short term, of course. Now, what they're trying to do is set a trap for Israel, get them into a short-term ceasefire, and then insist that the short-term ceasefire become a long-term ceasefire, and they sue for peace and make a deal. Working with the traitor Blinken and the imbecile Biden, is the inbred pretend king of Qatar. Uh, Qatar is a fake country. It was also created by the British. And these Bedouins woke up one day after the West was drilling on their land and said, oh, look at this, we have oil. And they have spent billions and billions of dollars funding and arming Hamas, destroying our colleges and universities. I mean, next to communist China, Qatar is number two. Do you believe that? They've bought politicians on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, lobbyists. Uh, They also host these international sporting events in their country to make them look like, you know, they have this Western side to them. They are a poisonous, cancerous regime. That's what it is. Poisonous, cancerous regime. And they've been urging a ceasefire... And Israel offered to release 1,500 prisoners, among other things. But Hamas said no. Israel is homing in on the leaders of the October 7th slaughter of the Israelis. Biden does not want them to win. Biden does not want them to destroy the leadership of Hamas. Because Qatar doesn't want it. Turkey doesn't want it. Iran doesn't want it. 
And Biden is now publicly and behind the scenes selling out the state of Israel. Biden will as quickly destroy the existence of Israel as he handed over Afghanistan to the Taliban, where there's a report today that, guess what? Al-Qaeda's back. With camps in Afghanistan. Oh, who cares, Mark? Well, that's where they struck us from. All the people who lost their lives, all the people who were maimed, Biden reversed everything. Iraq. Iraq, now a puppet of Iran. You look at these, these poor guys who've been maimed and their lives horribly changed and altered. Same with their families and those who never came back. Biden just surrenders these territories to the enemy. But it's worse than that. He goes after our allies. He's going after the state of Israel. Now, the cabinet in Israel and the parties in Israel, all of them said they oppose a Palestinian state, at least for now. You know, the left will sell its country out just as our left does. But for now, the public won't put up with it. And so for now... The entire country is united against a Palestinian state, and Biden doesn't care. Because Biden thinks he runs Israel. Let me ask you something. Is there another country in the world that he treats like this? No. So now we are going to be at the United Nations leading the charge on a resolution in an organization which counts among its members, the vast majority of whom are genocidal mass murders. And they're now going to vote on Israel having to have a ceasefire. That'll be Russia. That'll be China with their Uyghurs. That'll be Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, South Africa, which is a real anti-Semitic hellhole now. All these countries. Iran gets a vote. If it goes to the General Assembly, and the Security Council, of course, they can do it there. Syria would get a vote if it goes to the General Assembly. Syria, Iran, Turkey, you name it. And of course, in the Security Council, China, Russia, and the weakest countries in Europe. But for the United States to do this is really quite Extraordinary, unconscionable. And it's only one of the things. I want to thank the country of Hungary. The EU wanted all of its members to vote demanding Israel cease fire. Hungary said no. I want to thank former Prime Minister of Canada, Harper. Stephen Harper was a fantastic Prime Minister. And now look at the a-hole they have there. And he spoke out. He's got guts. And he said... Either Hamas surrenders or Israel needs to eliminate it. It's that simple. And he's right. The new president of Argentina, who they're trying to destroy. Who speaks out squarely. But the president of the United States, the only time he can, he can put five words together is when he's slamming Netanyahu in the state of Israel. Pretty disgusting. I'll be right back. 
Ahmad Lopin. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, ladies and gentlemen, many of you know this man. Some of you don't. He's got, uh, I think, the biggest or one of the biggest shows in New York. The morning show on WABC. And I'll tell you why. Because he is, a, in his heart, a good man. Because he's funny. But he can be serious. He's substantive. And he's my buddy. Sid Rosenberg, how are you? How am I? This is a huge honor. I mean, to be on... Mark Levin's radio show, and, and yes, we've got the number one show in New York in the morning. We're, we're a monster, quite frankly, Mark, throughout the country, but to be on your show is, uh, is a huge honor for me, so thank you so much. Well, God bless you, brother. I want you to, uh, to explain. You went to Israel recently, what you did there, what you saw there, and now you see that this regime in Washington, D.C. is turning on the Jews, turning on Israel, embracing Dearbornistan, Michigan, uh, now they're going to back a resolution against Israel and the United Nations. I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse with Biden and Blinken, is it not? It is, but entirely predictable. And I'm going to say this. It was just one day after those brutal attacks on October the 7th. And it was an early Sunday morning. It was a football Sunday. I was about to watch the Jets and the Giants, which I couldn't do because I was nauseous from watching the coverage from Israel. But I watched you that morning on Fox News, like I did last night. Your show was amazing with David Friedman. And you were the first to point out, the very first to point out, Joe Biden had enriched Iran by loosening all those restrictions and sanctions. They're able to make billions and billions of dollars in oil from China, from Russia. Everybody else was still talking about the $6 billion that he gave to them the weeks before. And you said, wait a second. He doesn't even need to touch that, Iran, I should say. So you were all over this from the very beginning. This is no surprise. Look, Biden has now been a part of not one, but two administrations that hate our people. Dating back to his days with Obama, he was the VP. He was right there when Obama and Kerry, the architects of that Iran deal, he knew about the pallets of cash that that creep Obama was sending to Palestinians at 4 o'clock in the morning. And then he wins and he does the same thing all over again. I'm going to tell you this, Mark. The people here that are stupid in the United States, and there's a lot of them, a lot of my own people, Jewish people, their own worst enemy in Israel, they're not buying it. Don't believe what you read here. The people on the streets that I met, well, anecdotal, know the real deal. They know that while Biden go on TV and talk about being pro-Israel, at the same time, he calls Bibi Netanyahu an a-hole or an effing a-hole, and he gives money to Iran, and he constantly puts his foot on the neck of Israel. So he's not fooling those people in Israel, not in Jerusalem, not in Tel Aviv, maybe in Brooklyn, maybe in Virginia, but not there. He has been exposed as the creep. You knew he was, and I knew he was. 
So, Sid, you go over to Israel. You went to uh, you went to the site where that festival was being held, and tell me what you saw. Tell me what went through your mind and your heart. I, uh, I'm sorry. I get I get very choked up when I think about that day. But yep. what I saw, Mark, was um, was horrendous. You know, um, just imagine Woodstock, 1969. Just imagine Coachella. Any one of the many, many concerts that our youngsters, I've got a 19-year-old daughter, go to in our country. And just imagine a bunch of beautiful kids dancing and having a great time. And then moments into the concert, men showing up with machine guns and RPGs and knives. And they didn't just kill these people at that concert, Mark. That would have been bad enough. They threw the girls to the ground, ripped their clothes off. Five of them, six of them, raped them at a time, carved off their breasts, and eventually when they were done with these beautiful young girls, they shot them in the head. So when you go there now, what you see is a bunch of sticks. Now on the top of these sticks are eight by tens with their faces. And at the bottom of these sticks, you'll find your side candles. You'll find lighters. You'll find slippers, whatever they had with them that day. And I mean this, Mark, You'll never see more beautiful people. I don't know what it is about the Israeli people. I'm talking about physically pleasing. The men, the women, just beautiful people. Murdered, butchered, raped, humiliated in their prime. And that's what's left at the Nova Music Festival. So when you hear people in the streets that are marching with the Palestinians, shutting down our universities, blocking our bridges and tunnels, and sympathizing with Hamas, they should just make that trip and take a look. Because I swear, when I arrive there, you can hear the music in the background. It's that eerie. You can almost see the faces smiling and the kids dancing. And now they're left to eight by tens on a stick. And, uh, said Rosenberg, the, um, it seemed like the outrage lasted for about a week. And then our media did what our media normally does, CNN and the rest, and that is they start moving towards Hamas's side, taking Hamas's propaganda, taking Hamas's casualty figures. The president did that last week. He brings in the phony king of the phony country of Jordan, which is really the Palestinian homeland, if there is such a thing. And, of course, his daddy slaughtered tens of thousands of them in what's called Black September 1970. Now, that said, you got a full-on diplomatic propaganda war being led by our State Department, being led out of the White House against Israel and the Jewish people. What do you make of this? I've never seen anything like this. No, I haven't. And, you know, you made this point. You've been making this point on your radio show and your TV show. And, again, I know I'm the guest tonight, but. I got to give you the credit because well, you're sweet. Well, let me about, just tell everybody, Sid and I are pretty tight. I mean, we very are. tight. Uh, we we are text, because, we talk, course, we used to go at it. We don't do that anymore. No, no, no. And, and I'll tell you this before I get to my point about the, uh, the diplomatic efforts uh, here. Uh, after October the 7th, you know, it was important to me that the big voices in our country, and not that I uh, respect Jews more than anybody else. I don't. I'm a proud Jew, but I love everybody. But I really felt like the, the big Jewish voices, I needed them. I needed you, Mark Levin. That Sunday morning, October the 8th, 
We were in the middle of a fight. We had not been talking, but I needed you. And I reached out to Rich, you know, uh, Mr. Producer. And I said, I want to talk to Mark. And I have to tell you that throughout this whole ordeal, and it's been an ordeal, it's been tragic for me, even living in Queens, you, more than anybody, more than anybody in the media, have been a brother to me and have made these difficult times somewhat easier. And I'll never forget that. Said, don't hang up. And by the way, the feeling uh, is mutual. Don't hang up. We're going to bring Sid back after the bottom of the hour. Really the voice of New York. I'll be right back. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. I'm with uh, Sid Rosenberg, my buddy. Uh, you know, Sid, if they ever get hold of our text messages, they're going to think we're pretty weird. Uh, but nonetheless, we're not. <laughs> but, That's funny. But that said, um, Sid is a good is a, is really a great guy. Let me ask you this question: You see what's going on in America, in our universities, in our streets, and so forth and so on. What do you think accounts for that with all this anti-Semitism? And why do you think Biden hasn't given a speech, a major speech, or his Department of Justice and Education Department are so passive about all this? Because he doesn't care. And this goes back to the last question you asked me before the break, which was this Israel's fighting the war on two fronts. Now, what I thought you meant was they're fighting it in the north, which they are. And that's going to intensify and be really rough. Trust me, really rough. And in the south. But as you've been saying, and you said it on radio and TV, they're fighting a war and they're fighting a diplomatic war. And you're right, because the United States just doesn't care. Why hasn't Biden made those speeches? Well, it's really twofold. A, Mark, he's not capable. Now, look, it, it annoys me just a bit that we're spending so much time talking about his dementia, his mental capacity, because the truth is, is that he's really a creep. It goes above and beyond any medical mm-hmm. difficulties he may be having. He's a bad guy. He's always been a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if a Jew gets beat up in Borough Park, Brooklyn. He doesn't care if my daughter gets bullied in London, England. He doesn't care. All he cares about is money. What's the next big deal? How are me and Hunter and Uncle Jimmy going to make a couple of bucks? If it means a couple of Jews, so what? So for me, it comes down to, yes, he has diminished mental capacity, but don't confuse the issue. He's a bad guy. And everybody who works around him, and you've said this, you're right. Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, he's a traitor. He's inept. Every one of them, Kamala Harris, Kirby, Miller, Millie, Lloyd Austin. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. This is the worst administration. These guys make Jimmy Carter look like Abe Lincoln. It's embarrassing. <laughs> By the way, they, 
They put a list of presidents together today on President's Day, and they left Carter off by accident. That, that just shows you. I mean, they can't even get the, ba- the, the little basic stuff right. Let me ask you this, Sid. Sid Rosenberg is a fantastic guy, and he's a very great American patriot, too. Why does all this matter? What's going on in Israel and in our colleges and universities? Why does it matter to the average American? Well, because it's going to be here next. That's such a great question. And uh, a lot of Americans shrug it off, not because they're anti-Semites, not because they dislike the Jews. In fact, some of them actually care about the Jewish people. But to them, Mark, this is the Middle East. This has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And they're right about that, especially about the Palestinians. I mean, when I hear people sympathize with the Palestinians, it makes me laugh. You know the stats. Mm -hmm. 80% of these Palestinians side with Hamas, not because it's a gun to their head, because they like them. They hate the Jews, but they really believe in this country. Oh, it's all the way over there. Well, now you're starting to see whether it's anti-Semitism at Columbia or NYU or Harvard. It's not just there. The amount of Jews that get beat up on the streets here in New York the last two years is up over 400 percent. So it's coming here. And I'm going to say this here in New York, you have to deal with three criminal elements, Mark Levin, every day. You've got your regular guys who commit crimes, right? The same guys that are still pushing people in front of subways, mugging people, raping people at three o'clock in the morning. Then you've got the illegals. I don't call them migrants. I don't call them asylum seekers. They're illegals. And they're starting to commit some violent acts. And then you've got the third group of criminals, and they're called terrorists. And they are waiting just waiting. They're going to unleash a terrorist attack in this country that I believe is going to be brutal on the same level as 9-11. And it's going to happen right here again in New York City. Too many of these people, too many of these terrorists have crossed this country illegally in the last three years. They're just waiting for the right time. So for those folks, when you ask me, why does it matter here? Because it's coming. Trust me. I'm going to ask you a question I'm asked all the time, and I have an answer for it, but I'd be curious to know what you want to tell America, Sid Rosenberg. Why do so many Jews vote for Democrats when they're voting for the same candidates as some of the people who want to destroy them? I just asked your friend and mine, Alan Dershowitz, who was on your TV show just a couple of days ago, that same question today, because he still does it, you know. He's a guy that has actually defended Donald Trump. He wrote a book that's titled Get Trump. He's the first to say what this Department of Justice has done to Donald Trump is criminal and embarrassing. Yet, yet he would vote for Joe Biden today. Jewish people get caught up in nonsense. Dershowitz talks about abortion. Dershowitz talks about the right for gay marriage, all those things that are perfectly left up to the states that don't affect Americans' daily lives. When you vote for the president, folks, you got to vote for two things. It's really very, very simple. you got to vote to stay safe, which Joe Biden has done a terrible job of, and you have to vote for a guy who's going to add money to whatever money you've got in the bank today, which Joe Biden's Bidenomics has done a terrible job. You show me a guy who has kept us more safe, not just in America, but around the world. You show me a guy who added more to your 401k and your money in the bank than Donald Trump, and I'll vote for that guy. That guy doesn't exist. That's what Jews do. They get caught up in tradition, 
abortion, gay rights, and all of a sudden, their own people getting destroyed and wiped out in the state of Israel, not or less. I say it all the time. The Jews are their own worst enemies. They're my people. I love them. But in many cases, Mark Levin, they're stupid. Couldn't agree more. Sid Rosenberg, now you know why he's tops. Sid, I want to thank you, my brother. If people want to listen, what do they do? Live stream uh, all over the country? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Listen, you can uh, download the app and listen to me at 6 in the morning. And 12 hours later, listen to my dear <laughs> friend here, the great one, Mark Levin, at 6 at night. Uh, just download the app. It's free, 77 WABC. And, of course, if you're driving around New York City, you can find Sid and Friends in the morning on 770 AM. And let me just say this again on the way out. I've loved you for years. Uh, we had that little tiff for a couple of months. Uh, but whether you're Jewish or not, if you love this country, if you love Israel, and I mean this sincerely, there is no better or bigger voice in the country, in the world today than Mark Levin. I am honored to call you a friend, and we're very lucky to have you, whether it's radio or TV, talking to us every day. We need you now, Mark Levin, more than ever. This is why I love Sid, not because he praises me, but this is a man who's full of passion and intelligence, and now you know why people want to listen to him. Sid, God bless you, my brother, and take care of yourself. You too. You too. Thank you so much for this. I love you, Mark Levin. We'll talk love again. Love you too, Thank buddy. You. And by the way, all our texts end with that. That's why if people ever see our texts, they're going to go, hold on, I thought you were married. Seriously. Sid is fantastic as a human being, on radio, personally. Um, you know, he was uh, partners, New York knows this, with our buddy uh, Bernie McGurk. And I know Bernie, probably I knew him 15, 20 years when he worked with Imus and after. And you would have uh, Sid and Bernie in their show. What a killer show. And from time to time when I was driving from Virginia to New Jersey, um, where my uh, mother-in-law has her home, uh, we would put on the radio at WABC. And I would call that now and then just on the, on the fly. It was a ton of fun. Uh, it's great radio. These are great guys. We miss Bernie McGurk a ton. But we do have our brother Sid. And we do end every text with, I love you. So I, that's what I was trying to point out. Now I blew it. I told you. Uh, where am I, Mr. Producer? All right. Are you eating a steak sandwich or something? You distracted? You okay? Okay. <laughs> He's so nervous. It cracks me up. I don't know, Mr. Producer. I really enjoyed that interview with Brother Sid. He's just terrific. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Getting a lot of responses to a post I made in defense of Ukraine. And I just want some of you people writing your comments, your hateful, disgusting comments. I want you to know something. If Russia cuts through Ukraine and crosses the border into a NATO country, your kids are going to be drafted. There's simply no question about it. Our numbers in the Army are lower than they've been in modern times. We don't have the personnel to fight. And then you're going to get your World War III. I don't like the I told you so stuff, so I'm not going to play that game. You sit on your ass and post those comments on my site, why don't you get the hell off my site? 
I'm not looking for hits and friends and followers. I'm not looking for anything. I don't play that game. I'm posting what I believe. And I believe the Ukrainian people have suffered enough. That's right. Hundreds of thousands of them murdered. Quarter of a million of their children dragged into Russia to be raised by Russians. Think about it. They didn't start any war. They were attacked. They gave up their nukes because Russia promised to protect them. Instead, Russia used it as an excuse to attack them. I don't want to hear any more of the bull crap. If that's what you believe, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's plenty of other hosts you can listen to. No, I don't believe in forever wars. And guess what? Neither does Putin. Neither do the Islamists. Neither do the communist Chinese. You think they want forever wars? They want wars and they want victory. Well, we debate with each other like a dying country. There, I said it. And I mean it. Think I want my kids going to war? My grandkids going to war? I have family members who have experienced war. And let me tell you something. They're the toughest there are when it comes to Russia and China and the Islamists. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I don't even read the comments. People send them to me and I go, what, what world are these people living in? I know Biden screwed up everything. I don't need to be taught that. I know it. He is a one-man wrecking ball. He's an arsonist. I've got it. We've got to defeat him. But let's not defeat ourselves, for God's sake. Let's not give the enemy the opportunity to exploit what's going on in our Oval Office. I don't know how much more evidence we need that we are on the precipice of a massive conflagration. That's right. Some kind of war. And it is frightening. And the way you avoid it is you don't provoke your enemy. And the way you provoke your enemy is to be weak, act weak, undermine your military with wokeism, strip your military of the funding that it needs, pull back in advance bases that we fought for, bled for, we bought with American lives, during the course of more than one war. And get a new president, a new commander-in-chief who knows what the hell he's doing. No question about it. But I'm not a pacifist and I'm not an isolationist. You use prudence when you're creating a foreign policy. What does that mean? It means you're not an ideologue. That you treat each place as it needs to be treated. Each part of the world as it needs to be treated. These bumper sticker lines, these... Uh, fortune cookie things hey forever wars we've had disastrous wars in our recent history awful awful where we didn't want to win but you don't surrender in advance to powers that are coalescing right in front of our eyes I want you to do something after the show if you have a minute I want you to read their summaries of it, of the fall of Rome. I want you to read about the fall of Rome. I want you to read about, read about the rise of the Axis powers in the 1930s. It's there in truncated form. It won't take long. I want you to read those things. Because they're important in understanding what's taking place now. Maybe you don't believe it. 
but believe it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and Israel. Stand strong. And most of all, my fantastic patriotic audience, God bless each and every one of you, and I'll see you tomorrow. 